Well, welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson. And as always, you're joined by Headman's basketball coach, Coach Mark Figuera. Coach, another week down. Crazy to think about. We're slowly in the back half of the month of January. Uh, before we know it, we'll be kind of in that GPAC tournament play. But got a couple more games this last week to talk about. Uh, and then one big one here this week. Uh, we'll get into last week's games here a little bit. But uh, how are things going? How's uh, practice been the last couple of days here? Oh, it's been really good. You know, it's uh, high energy. Guys are getting after it. So, uh, you know, we should be ready to go tomorrow night. Yeah, and as we're recording this here on Tuesday night, we'll we'll get into that game Wednesday. But let's backtrack uh, to last Wednesday. We traveled up north to Jamestown, played uh, the number ninth ranked team in the country, the Jamestown Jimmies. And, and let's kind of break it down by halves because it kind of seemed like it was one of those tail two halves a little bit. Had to have been really happy with the way the guys came out on both ends of the floor. I mean, high energy all the way around. It seemed like we were able to get some good shots. Uh, I know specifically Jaden knocked down the, some big shots and played a good game. But we were up at two uh, going into halftime, and we only hold Jamestown to 35 points the first half. I had to have been really pleased with the way that the guys came out specifically uh, to start that one. Yeah, I, I thought we played a really good first half. Um you know, we actually built a pretty good lead there, and I wasn't any under any grand illusion that we were going to go just blow out Jamestown. They're too good of a team and knew they were going to make a run back. But we, we did some really good things in the first half. I thought we, we got them scrambling a little bit on their defensive end, uh, which was something we wanted to do. And then defensively, we gave up a couple easy scores, especially early on offensive rebounds, which was something we were – Definitely concerned about something we keyed on, and it's just easier said than done with their size sometimes. But, uh, you know, going into half, we felt pretty good. We had a couple things, specifically offensively, we wanted to, to focus on in the second half. Um, but all in all, we, we played a pretty good first half, and yeah, Jaden made some shots, and we, we got some things going to the basket. And, you know, thought from the get-go we were ready to play, and that was that was obviously a great start to the game. Without a doubt. And then you look in the second half, unfortunately, uh, got outscored in the second half, 48 to 40, and ended up losing the game by six, 83-77. Kind of back and forth there for a little bit. They were able to pull away, and you look at it. uh, Percentage-wise, we shot better than they did from the field, but the most glaring thing that uh, you see right from the box score and people who watched it too, they had 24 free throw attempts compared to uh, just four for us. All four of those came in the second half. So, uh, Tough to tough to win a game on the road, especially in Jamestown, uh, when you put a good free throw shooting team like that on the line. And I think if you ask any team in the conference or any team in the country, uh, if there is a small victory playing Jamestown, not letting Mason Walters get to a double double, uh, it's a huge feat. I know, yes, he still finished with twenty and seven, but had to have been pleased with the way the guys um, specifically guarded him. Uh, unfortunately, those came out on the short end there uh, in the second half, 83-77. Yeah, and, you know, with the free throws, we didn't shoot a free throw until 329 left in the game. I've never been a part of a game like that in 21 years of college basketball. But, uh, yeah, I thought the guys did a good job on Walters. You know, I think he's probably the front runner for National Player of the Year right now, and he was averaging almost 30 coming in, and, Thought we made him work for things. We got him in a little foul trouble. You know, there was a there was a stretch there where he didn't get to double figures till pretty late in the game. And so that's that's a credit to our guys. And 
you know, we always talk when we play Jamestown. If, if you sit there and you worry about him too much, their other guys kill you. And they get some other guys to get going. I think that's when they're at their most dangerous. Uh, but all in all, I mean, we guarded pretty well. Uh, Will Cords had a great game for them. I mean, there was a run in the second half where it was literally him and Jaden just going at each other. And they weren't always guarding each other, but it was like – it felt like 10 or 12 straight possessions those guys scored. And pretty incredible to sit back and watch it uh, when you got two really good guards doing their thing. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I was – obviously, we were disappointed we lost, and I told the guys in the locker room I loved our energy – I loved our fight. I loved our the way we competed. I, I really loved everything about it except for the outcome. And when you, you know, if you look back, we were down six with maybe seven minutes to go, eight minutes to go, and they were on a run. And it was a, it was kind of a breaking point where we probably could have folded, got down 10 or 12 and game over. We went on an 8 0 run, came back, took the lead. Um, force them to call, I think, two timeouts in that span. And then down the stretch, we're down two with like a minute 40 to go. We get a wide open three, rims out. They go down score. We're down four with now a minute 10 to go. We have a wide open three, rims out. Like we had a lot of chances to win. And in a lot of ways, it was probably one of the better games we've played all year from start to finish. And, it, it, you know, it wasn't perfect. There was definitely breakdowns and execution mishaps we had, but we went up there and we competed, and that's a hard place to win. And, yeah, we're disappointed we lost. I'm not in the moral victories of any sort, but, you know, I was really encouraged with how the guys played and, and how we competed. And so, all in all, that's it's frustrating. Wish we would have won, had chances to win, and just didn't. Yeah, and final score of that game, uh, like we said, Jamestown 83, Briarcliff 77. And to kind of touch not just on that game, but kind of road trips in general, uh, talk a little bit about uh, just kind of different road trips like that for the people that maybe don't know. I know last podcast you mentioned that you guys on that kind of a trip go up the night before, so you kind of treat it, uh, your routine, kind of like a home game a little bit. Uh, though, kind of walk us through, I guess, what that next day, the game day looks like. What time are guys uh, getting up, getting their breakfast? What time shoot around? And then also a second part to that, uh, is that something that uh, kind of Coach Nelson incorporated with uh, with you as the assistant, and then you just kind of uh, took it with you as the head coach here too, or or when did that kind of come that you guys for the longer road trips like doing the, the night before? Well, I think there's some way, shape, or form, uh, there's a breaking point. You know, that six-hour trip, you don't want to sit on the bus for six hours, get off the bus, go watch a woman play for two hours, and have to play. So generally, I would say three, three and a half hours is where I would like to go the night before. And in terms of the day of the game, I want to keep it like a normal Wednesday as much as we can. So in a normal Wednesday, guys are going to class throughout the day, so they're getting up, eating breakfast. So we get them up. 8.30-ish, make them eat breakfast. Um, then we we met as a team for a little bit around lunchtime, had a quick lunch, had our shoot-around in the mid-afternoon, had a little time to go back to the hotel, shower, get ready for the game, and then it's 4 o'clock. You can only stay in the hotel so long, so we had to get out of there and get our pregame meal and 
you get to the gym a little bit earlier than you normally would because of that. But having done that a couple times this year already, I thought we had a pretty good feel for what we wanted to do. So it, like I said, it, it it's more of a home game day feel because you don't spend hours on the bus. It's just the 10 minute bus ride from hotel to, to arena and we're ready to go. It's then it's on the back end. The drive home is, you know, it's not the best trip ever, but yeah, so just having that home game day feel, I think, is is a benefit when you stay overnight. That's that's why we do it. We're trying to we're trying to put our players in the best position to to play at their optimal level. Yeah, I don't know. Just from a player's perspective, that's definitely something that uh, they prefer to. So, uh, and then we that later that week we turn and we go on the road again, and we finish out that tough week of going to Sioux County and playing. Uh, at Dort in Sioux Center. And uh, let's start there in the first half again. I mean, another uh, game that guys came out right away. I mean, I feel like uh, for the most part, maybe outside of a couple possessions, executed for the most part right away and flew around, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because you look at those five starters for Dort, um, all five guys can fill it up. Uh, and if you're not if you're not careful, uh, a couple of them can fill it up in a hurry. So you look at it, we're up 38, 36 going into halftime, have to feel really good um, about where things are at. Yeah, maybe it could have been uh, up a couple more here uh, one way or another and look at it both ways. You could have been down maybe a couple, but uh, you take a two point lead in the halftime there uh, at Dorton. One of those games, again, that unfortunately got away from us in the second half, but it just had that feel once again of and I don't know if he ended up doing this, but you look down at coach Van Haften and there's like five, six, seven minutes left. And you look up, it's like, all right, this is a two possession game again. It's going to kind of be a, a slug fest back and forth until the very end. Yeah, it was the first five, six minutes of the game was some of the best basketball we've played all year. We came out firing on all cylinders. I thought the guys really were dialed into what we were trying to get from a scouting report standpoint. And, we, I mean, we jumped on them. I think we had a 12 or 13 point lead. And again, that's, that's not always sustainable when you're playing good teams, good teams are going to make runs. And, you know, we talked about with door, they're so explosive offensively. You have to weather the storms with some of their runs. And I thought we did that in the first half to an extent. We're still a couple offensive possessions where we, where we get a little stagnant. When we get a little stagnant offensively, it, it causes us problems across the board because it forces us to take tough shots. Tough shots generally mean long rebounds. Long rebounds generally mean tough transition matchups. And and that that hurt us a little bit. So I thought there was a couple times where we needed a bucket and we, we just didn't have a crisp or clean possession. We were up two at half, and it was one of those games where I felt like maybe coulda, shoulda, woulda been up eight or nine and a half. But – reality was you're on the road you're up at half that's a good place to be and then second half I just I thought they really set the tone where we we really did in the first half but I thought they did in the second half and they got a couple easy buckets and something we had talked about going into the game was the first time we played them we just gave up some easy points in the paint and a couple I would call them ticky tack and ones like they're definitely fouls but they're weak fouls and we gave up three of those early in the second half. Uh, gave up a couple offensive rebounds in the second half. I just didn't think defensively we had the same fire. Didn't think we had the same energy. And ended up giving up some easy baskets because of it. And then offensively in the second half, 
again, it was about a three possession span there with five, six minutes left where we got a little stagnant, turned it over, gave up a pick six in one of those. And those are killers, especially late in close games. But uh, coming down the wire, it's still a five-point game with 30 seconds left with the ball, and we rimmed out a three that would have cut it to two. And so I, I don't think we played well in the second half, you know, and Dort was a big part of that. But it's it's frustrating because we had so many different chances to either grab a lead or extend a lead, and we just weren't quite able to do it. And that's just something here with, you know, in the back half of the, the GPAC season, we need to find a way to, to fix that. We need to find a way to make sure we're not having those three, four possession runs because they've been killers for us. And they, they lead to easy points a lot of times for the other team. And so as we move into Wednesday and get ready for Northwestern, that's that's a focus. That's something we have to do a better job with. And that's that's the plan as we get ready for Northwestern here. And Saturday came up on the short end, lost at 182 to 75. And watching the game, too, if there ever is kind of a, a shining light, or I know you're not a big moral victory guy, but it just seemed like specifically in that second half, uh, if there was a big play that needed to be made, someone on the bench was going to make it, whether it be Stillwell coming off the bench with 14 huge points. I mean, you have Nathan Hall, Blake Sindelar, just seemed like every time that we needed maybe uh, an aggressive player, just some type of boost or lift, it's still well at the top of the key and the ball's there at the high post and all of a sudden it's a back door and it's an and one layup. And it's just like, holy smokes, had to have been happy the way that those three kind of specifically came off the bench and, and was able to keep us in it there, especially towards the end and gave us that big boost that we really needed there a couple of times. Yeah, our bench has just kind of gotten better and better throughout the year, especially since Christmas. I think Blake Sindelar's kind of come into his own as a freshman. You get to that midway point sometime and you start to figure things out and things start to slow down for you. So he's he's been playing really well. Nate Hall since Christmas has been a huge boost for us. You know, he he has a really good feel of our offense playing the five. That's that's sometimes the hardest position to learn for us. But he has a good feel. He's a good passer and and I think he's playing really comfortable offensively right now. And then Matt missed the previous four games dealing with a, an injury and, and getting him back, obviously, the boost. I think he's our second-leading scorer on the year, so throwing him back in there is a big deal, and he's a guy – he's just different from some of our other guards where he can he's a downhill driver. He can put pressure on the defense at the rim, and that, that can open up a lot of other things for us. So having him back was huge, and uh, that's when, – when our bench is playing well, obviously we're going to be at our best because it gives us a lot of options – it gives us a little more depth. We don't have to run some of the guys 38, 40 minutes. And so that's a, that's a real positive, really from last week, because I thought our bench did a really good job last week and something we can keep building on and, and playing with a little more depth moving forward. That's a, that's a good thing. And, and I would even go back to the Jamestown game. A guy that definitely deserves some recognition is, is Tyrus Eyscheid. He came in with a little foul trouble and, with some bigger lineups Jamestown had. We had to play some bigger lineups. He came in, made three threes for us, played really well. And he's a guy that the previous few games hadn't got in a whole lot, but he stayed ready. And, you know, when we needed him, he stepped up. He made some huge plays in that Jamestown game. Yeah, and it's this time of year, and, and you know just as well as anybody does when you have that bench play that can be consistent and those guys that are always ready to play. 
it's just a massive boost, uh, not only to the starters, but uh, everyone on that bench too, uh, especially heading into this time of the year. And, and Saturday, unfortunately, came up on the short end, 82 to 75. And we turn it this week, only have one game this week, but uh, what a massive game it is. And uh, anyone in the program would tell you that, especially the legend Coach Schultz himself. Uh, let's look to Wednesday here. We're, we're at home, which is awesome. The Blue Crew is going to be back in action. Uh, we're playing a Northwestern team who, uh, if you look at it or maybe ask someone um, or, around the conference, they, they see, oh, well, uh, Van Callsbeek maybe is hurt. They're going to kind of decline a little bit. And, and right now, Coach Corver, he's playing some guys some more minutes than maybe he was anticipating this time of year because – I mean, you never anticipate your your all American going down, but uh, had some guys really step up for him. Uh, they're playing really well. I know guys like Craig Sturk is filling that role in nice. Matt Onkin uh, is coming in, having some uh, nice last couple of games, and uh, just some guys really filling in. And a Northwestern team that uh, is playing really well right now. Yeah, they they've won a handful of games in a row here, and when you when you lose a dynamic player like they they have. You know, Alex Van Colsbeek's a two-time All-American thus far in his career, and he's only a junior. So pretty impressive uh, what he's been able to do in his in his young career. And when you lose a player like that, unfortunately, we've, we've been through that. You were a part of that. It, sometimes it takes a little time to figure things out, to re-identify who you are, what you are, how you're going to play, whatever that may be. And And I think – it probably did take them a little bit, but holy cow, they're playing really well right now. And defensively, they've been one of the best teams in the league. Offensively, they're hard to guard. They run 5,000 different sets and actions and have some shooters, have multiple threats to score in the post. And and they're playing really, really well. And if you look at our league, they're in third place right now. And they're the only team in the league that's beat Morningside and Jamestown who are one and two in the league. So they're, they're good. And you think back to our game, it was right after Thanksgiving, the first time we played them. It was a weird game watching it back, but we were up 12 at half, 33, 21, that we really defended well in the first half. And then the second half, our offense just struggled. We lost that game. I think it was 64, 58. And uh, defensively, I, I, there were certainly some breakdowns and all that, but we played pretty well defensively. We played well enough to win. And it was one of three times um, since I've been at Briarcliff that we got our main defensive goal and lost a game. Um, you know, if we, if we hold teams under 0. 0.90 points per possession, any stat nerds out there know what that means. If you don't, sorry. But uh, when we do that, we're something like, and I, I take that back. It's not even my time. This goes back to 2007. So 16 years. We're like 123 and three when we get that goal. And that was one of the three. And our offense went really stagnant. Northwestern got really aggressive with us. We, we just didn't play well offensively and, and ended up dropping that game. And so as we go into this one, and we talked last week about adjustments from one game to the next, there's certain things we want to do. And in some ways, we're doing some different things offensively than when we were than what we were doing then. We've diversified some of our actions a little bit, and I think that'll be good for us. But uh, it's going to be a fun game. You know what those games are like. It's going to be a big crowd. First game we've had our students in the stands full bore since Morningside, like five six weeks ago. 
And honestly, it's only our second home game since December 10th. We've been on the road a ton. So it, it's it's exciting to be back here for this one. It's a good way to kick things back off. This is our first week of school today. Actually, we are recording this on Tuesday. Today's our first day of class. So should have a big crowd. Should be fun. We'll be ready to go. And right now we, we need to find that one one game where we just play well throughout. We find a way to get it done. And I think that can really kickstart us here through the back half. And so we're we're going to come out firing and, and ready to play tomorrow. Yeah, and you mentioned the the students back in class today. The Blue Crew will be out in full force just for the fact that it has been so long since there was a home game and and they were able to be a part of it. But then you just add a little uh, little kerosene to the fire and and it's Northwestern, so it's just a little bit extra. So definitely expecting uh, the Blue Crew to be out in full force. And a little bit earlier when you were talking about some statistics. I know I was just kind of thinking about it too. You look back at the the five plus decades of Briarcliff men's basketball, and you just think any any time a team holds an opponent under seventy points, the the winning percentage is pretty astronomical. But unfortunately, that first time around came up on the short end. But uh, going back into the Flanagan Center here tomorrow, you know the guys are going to be a little extra juice just because they are going to be at home. They know it's going to be a big crowd because Northwestern students are back on campus. So the student section will be there. So uh, And you get to play in that uh, the shooter's gym, back in the home gym. So definitely a lot of momentum coming in here tomorrow night. I know the women's game for that is going to tip off here at 6, and the men's game is going to follow that at 745. So highly advise anyone if you have the chance make it to the Newman Flanagan Center the Red Raiders from Northwestern come to town so big one for that women at six men at 745 now we're going to roll into the shout outs I know uh, we like to end every episode doing uh, the weekly shout outs to coach let's let's have you kick it off here for your shout out here from this last week yeah quick shout out to coach Saban our graduate assistant because a he edits this podcast every week and there's a lot of shenanigans that go on that he has to go through and cut out. So shout out to coach Saban for that. And then B over the last month with our guys back in school, not in session, he was in charge of handling feeding our guys most of the time. And so he did a good job of that. Now he, he loves it because he gets a free meal out of the deal too. But uh, there's, there's a lot more that goes into that when you're talking about feeding 20 people at once than, than a lot of people think about. So shout out coach Saban. I just want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to a familiar name in person of the podcast. I know probably very early on this year, we gave him a shout out, but a uh, guy that's super busy this time of year, a guy that does so much for Briarcliff athletics. I want to give a shout out to the the best SID in the, in the G pack and Ethan Erdman. I know this time of year with men's and women's basketball uh, wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. want to give a shout out to him. Uh, he takes on and wears a lot of hats uh, and does a great job with with stories and recaps and whatnot. So I want to give a shout out to Ethan. Keep up the great work there, my man. Also, uh, Mount Rushmore, Briarcliff student coach. Coach, is, is that fair to that's, say? That's a, that, that's a topic for a different day. Okay. Definitely we'll to consider w- way more in consideration than I probably am. That's not even close. That's, not, that's not saying much. Yeah, yeah, so kudos to me, I guess. Once again, one game here this week, and that's tomorrow night, Wednesday, January 18th. Northwestern coming to town once again. The women's game will tip off at 6 with the men's game at 745. So class is back in session. Blue Crew is going to be rocking. Uh, if you are in the Sioux City area, 
uh, definitely suggest and, and recommend you getting on the Newman Flanagan Center are going to be two great basketball games there tomorrow night. So, Coach, one game this week. Best of luck to you and the guys. Uh, let's get back in the wing column, talk about it here, and, and have a good time wrapping it into the weekend. Sounds great. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby.